when it popped up on my Facebook feed yesterday that Brew was offering a bucket of like a, a 60 litre bucket of hand sanitizer for 180 bucks or something, and I'm thinking, all right, no, we've we've jumped the shark. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Good Brews Week and I am your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining me is Matt Kierkegaard in isolation, but coming out of it. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. Yeah, not quite so isolated this morning. We're um, having a crack at... Uh, recording in the Bruise News offices. We've been back this week enjoying each other's company, which has been nice. Is this the new normal, Matt? Tell us, what, what does the new normal look like? Because all the rest of us <laughs> oh, who are still in isolation I, don't it, know. It, isn't that like a bingo word at the moment? Um, <laughs> it is. Well, it, it, it's, it's one of those funny things because you know, we could, as, as lockdown has shown us, we, we can work um, separately because Bruise News... Is, a, is an online publication. We don't need to, you know, if we need to travel, we, we, we travel, but most of the work can be done remotely because we cover the national beer scene anyway. But you do miss that sharing that comes from being in, in an office, you know, just a casual sharing of ideas and, you know, discussing things as they come up, which, you know, when you've got to send a text or a you know, Skype message or a Slack or whatever, you, you, you kind of lose um, and you, you lose uh, a little bit of that uh, you know spontaneity and a little bit of the nuance in, in the communication so yeah so we've we everyone lives reasonably close and so we're, we're back in the office which is nice and Claire was going to be joining us this morning and she may still join us for the second half of the show but just because uh, you had to start a little bit early um, she's still on on her way so if you suddenly hear a chipper uh, you know, leads voice uh, join that's what that is. I get your cup of tea, love. Um, <laughs> no, right, she now, certainly doesn't. Speaking of speaking of adding to uh, buzzword bingo, I've got, I've got a new one. Has anyone up there uh, up up your way, Matt, tried to swim the tweed? Swim the tweed? No, no. <laughs> I've just made that one up because well, I noticed that uh, you know that uh, your borders are still closed, Matt. Yeah, well, Tasmania is still. Um, Western yeah, Australia a, a is still. Swim than the tweed, though. Yeah, yeah, so the best straight. Um, yeah, look, I have to be honest, I don't completely understand why that is. I can understand, you know, if coming from a hot spot that you might want to, to clamp down. I think if you had a convoy of 10 tourist buses, you might sort of go, yeah, you know, we might turn those back. But I would have thought now... Uh, with 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 what with what we know now that we didn't know then, I would have thought that uh, it just seems unusual that um, that the Queensland border is still closed. And well, that that brings us to how to are the they first... protecting the NT side, by the way? Because that's that's a fair effort. That, that that is a fair effort, and uh, the Queensland border is as well. And when the, the, I mean the Queensland border, uh, you know, you've got people like at Stone and Wood. You know, a whole lot of people live just on the southern end of the Gold Coast and they need to go yeah. back and forward. So, you know, it, it's how we're, you police these to, things. Uh, uh, Bolter as well? Well, Bolter... I think a lot of their... Well, Scotty is in Byron Bay and drives across yeah. to Queensland. So I, I guess they don't lock it down for that. But how do they police, you know, what your motive for crossing the border is um, is, is very interesting. But <laughs> Is it altruistic? Yeah. and it, is and, it well, flexible? And one of the stories we're going to be talking about this week is is about the impact on tourism. So uh, 
we, we might sort of save that discussion for, for then. Yeah. Hey, listen, before we get into it, Matt, let's do a little bit of a – because this this week has sort of felt funny. Every time I, uh, I look at the calendar, I've, I've seen all these, you know, good beer week, good beer week, AIBA, judging AIBA awards, uh, gabs, 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 uh, all with little crosses through them now. And um, – and it sort of made me realise that, oh, geez, last night I would have been hosting Brewers and Chewers for the um, the 10th year. Um, we would have been preparing for Gabs to, you know, we, you and I would be pressing our tuxes. Uh, you'd be getting ready to, you know, present the award for the champion pale ale or some such. And yeah. um, and it's 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 not happening. Um, but if we had to go in that awards mode, I, it occurred to me, Let's do uh, lockdown, winners and losers. This week, um, it would have been the 10th week of Good Beer Week. And, you know... It, 10th year, in fact. Uh, sorry, the 10th year of Good Beer Week. 10th anniversary of Good Beer Week. Um, it won't and, be long before it goes for 10 weeks. It won't be. Well, it's, it's already 11 days. The, the calendar is, is, is pretty big um, when it's on. But then there's the whole thing of virtual events. And looking at the, the winners and losers of, of COVID, for me, one of the big winners are... Um, you know, brewers coming together and creating, you know, the um, regional. Um, so you've got the, the, the beach pack from oh, yeah, oh, Quarantinis. Quarantinis, um, those sorts of things. So, the South um, Australian breweries did their neighbourhood pack. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the, the Mornington Peninsula, uh, Jetty Road has done it. Um, Founders yeah, First beach, has created one box. that isn't just the Founders First breweries because they, they had Stone and Wood and a number of other breweries in there. And, and those packs seem to have sold really, really well. Um, and they're also a, a really useful thing, I would imagine, in terms of getting volume out in, in, in a crisis. Um, but well, to well me, how good even, Matt, it, it, just in terms of that, be, even before that, um, somebody who might have oh, yeah, I love whatever that, you know, Stone and Wood, for example, might be their entry in, and then they discover these other breweries as a result. And, and, and look, there's a whole lot of benefits for it. But for me... One of the reasons that they have succeeded is it, it, it's it's a product that fits the times. Um, in that you know people are, are buying online or people are you know you can't go to the pub and you want to have a bit of a selection, so it fits there quite nicely as well. But there is also something about those that transcends the times, and you know beer drinkers were already um, fairly promiscuous uh, when it when it came to craft and. They may not, you know, buy a whole carton of a beer from a, a craft brewery, and they may a, not a single brand, yeah, you know, like a, a mixed pack from a single craft brewery may not quite have the variety that they want. Whereas, you know, if, if a, a brewery is a really good hop um, exhibitor, you know, the, the way that they make their hop driven beers, but they don't really do yeast driven beers, they don't really do dark beers, they don't really do, so you don't have that sort of variety. So if you can put together the best of um, a, a number of breweries, that creates a compelling offering, but that's a compelling offering outside of the, you know, COVID period it, as well. That'll work outside of lockdown, yeah. Yeah. I did um, say too, um, you know, coincidentally, I don't think, Good Beer Week put out there like a Good Beer Week selection as well i did notice that one was only i think 150 150 cases mm. um, but that looked yeah that looked like a really interesting like like you said a, a real mix yeah and, and and they seem to be doing really really well um and they're going to be remembered of during this times but they seem to be something that will have a life outside of 
COVID because the, the idea behind it transcends the, 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 the lockdown. So to me, those mixed six packs, are, you know, the, the, the mixed cartons or the mixed um, packs are an awesome, it, which is a little bit like the Christmas pack, you know, the... Um, uh, yeah, the can- and, 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 calendar yeah, or... calendars and stuff like that. And they're themed to that thing, but people love getting this mixed pack coming in. So big winner out of lockdown. To, to me, the, you know, the online event, probably not as big a winner because I, I get the feeling that, you know... You, you, That's you a nice PC at... way of saying a loser, Matt. <laughs> well, it, the it's... child who didn't win quite as much as the one who won more is... Oh, no, look, and, and again, to sort of, you know... What's your uh, lockdown loser, Matt? Uh, well, well, again, I, I want to qualify this so it's not misunderstood. Because, but you know, um, a, a phrase that we've used recently that seems to have found a little bit of currency um, is uh, Lockie McIntosh's "The juice has got to be worth the squeeze." Um, you know, for, for for something to work, and I, I can understand why people want to do lockdown events at the moment. You know, they they want to sort of keep relevant. They want to sort of keep their brand out there. Um, and I think that if you're a little, you know, bar that is servicing your community, your your local area, and so you've got a much smaller area that you can engage in your local event I, I can absolutely see that that would work some of the bigger scale events um trying to go online i just don't know that is it a volume thing do you think matt because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to choose from and I, I get you can't and particularly i guess if people are starting to transition back into working uh away from home do they have the luxury of being able to sort of knock off for five minutes and, and catch up on something that was was on last night or do they wait till tonight but then they go oh there's you know three or four things on from late afternoon through to early evening yeah well uh, again it, it, and this is um yeah, anecdote um to, to some extent but then also looking at the the engagement um that some of the bigger events have gotten um and as we know you know just because you found an anecdote doesn't mean you stop uh researching nice setup <laughs> uh you, you like that um but yeah so, <laughs> I see so what you did there so many of my friends, I'm astounded at how many of my friends are having you know, virtual catch-ups with their friends where you've got three or four people. Um, and in fact, this Saturday, I've been asked to do a tasting with a group of friends. Um, and you know, once a year, they would get me in to, to host a um, beer and food matching tasting with them. And they've asked me to do that because they want to stay in contact with their friends. And that seems to be something that has really taken off um, and people are really enjoying that idea. I've been playing online 500 two or three nights a week um, with a bunch of mates who we, you know, since we were teenagers, we've been getting together on a Friday night after work and playing 500. And so, yeah, we're doing that online now. Oh, Matt, if you, if you ever need a spare seat, I'm a, I, I'm looking for a 500 school to, uh, to, to join. I've been threatening to teach my children. For that reason. All right. No, done. Yeah. Done and done. So, yeah. And, and, and again, I, I really see that it replaces that small scale. A big event, you know, where anyone that's had a sort of a, a big meeting on um, these things knows how hard it is. And I just think that, yeah, the, the attraction there. So some of those, well, we, we can't hold this big scale event live. So let's take it online. I just don't think that that's, you know, the, 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 the juice is worth a squeeze. Because it must be a lot of work going ahead to, to put that on. But then, then again, 
that as always put it out to our readers um, or our listeners because um, have you gone to any virtual events that, that are live events that have morphed online and how have you found it because it, it, it's not my thing um, I would much rather be there and experience it well I think the other thing too Matt is that I found for me and maybe this is because I've become so ingrained with in the podcast mentality if there isn't a point of having video I don't I don't see why you do it Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, just sort of sitting around, and I get that there's that I can see faces and, and all that sort of thing. But but I think if it's if it's, if you're just chatting about stuff, um, I, I think I'd prefer to have that as a as a podcast. But but the, but again, I'm probably walking a little bit more because um, you know I've got three girls at home, you know, wife and two daughters, um, who during lunch breaks or work breaks or in between stand up meetings um, need to go for a walk. So you know, I go with them. Yeah. So I'm getting you know a little burst of podcasts in a lot more often, and and there is a little bit element of that. Like I, I for for a long time I couldn't quite understand the point of YouTube because I'm not a cat video person either. But um, there are a whole lot of you know if if I want to learn how to do something in you know Photoshop, YouTube is the first place I go because you can get that instruction and someone will have recorded a video where they show it. And so the, the, the video element of that is is very, very important. But then there are a whole lot of other things that are on YouTube that, that come up that is somebody narrating a story and then they'll get a whole lot of still photos that they will just sort of play so you've got something to look at. And I sort of think, well, why isn't this just a podcast? These photos aren't, you know, these photos are just there because you want to put this on YouTube. But this is actually information that would be, you know, I, I could listen to this in the car and lose nothing for not having the the, 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 the visuals. And, and that's where I, I think sometimes shoe, people shoehorn their content into a medium just because they think that that's where, where it should be and they're not looking at, does this need video? As you said, Pete. Uh, listen, we have, we've got some news to get into, so I'm going to go through my, my lockdown winners and losers very quickly. Um, my lockdown winner is the resilience of the Australian craft beer community and um, the way that everyone has banded together similar to yours, I guess, you know, in terms of getting together and, and uh, forgetting about the fact that we're competitors, let's get together and put, you know, mixed packs together and all that sort of thing. But in particular, uh, the number who have come out with things like um, like hand sanitizer. And my lockdown loser is enough with the hand sanitizer. When it popped up on my Facebook feed yesterday that Brew was offering a bucket of like a a 60 litre bucket of hand sanitizer for 180 bucks or something. And I'm thinking, all right, no, we've, we've jumped the shark. <laughs> Mildura brew that can't sell beer. Yeah. yeah I, I, I miss that. There you go. Cause I looked at it and I thought, geez, that's expensive. And then I thought, Oh, it's a 60 litre. Like it's a, a, it's like they've, I don't know, used the, the empty you know, mayonnaise tubs from the restaurant or something. <laughs> It was just, I thought, nah, we've gone too far now. I, I, well, I, funny enough, we, we don't do beer reviews on Brews News because I, there's a whole lot of reasons we won't go into that. But there is so much sanitizer out there. I was thinking of you know setting up a uh, you know sanitizer review um, because I've become something of a connoisseur of uh, hand sanitizer. Um, having having mm, tried much a few. more gentle on my hands. Well, and and again, uh, just because we have no. Uh, we don't play favourites here. We, we got a bit of a care pack from um, CUB that included some of their um, sanitizer. And look, five stars. Um, absolutely. I use it and I recommend it. 
I do. Well, My hands feel younger every day. So much of the hand sanitizer that I've got um, from it's paint know, stripper. From well, it, it's either paint stripper or it smells like your your, your nana's um, you know drawers. You know, it, it, it's got so much. Uh, I knew aroma. you were going to say drawers. <laughs> oh no, yeah, not yeah, not those drawers, mate. They're smalls drawers. <laughs> well, but you know, with, with all of the um, herbs and camphor and camphor yeah, and all of that, yeah, sort of mothball. And so your your hands are just sort of like this wafting cloud of um, aromatics because they they put so much moisturiser or conditioner or uh, you know, aromas. Glycerols, yeah. Hey, listen, uh, quick on two map just before because we, we must get all along with the news. But I, I want a couple of shout outs and one it just reminded me because one of the trivia questions uh, on Tuesday night in virtual ale stars, which was an absolute cracker, we had about seventy one. Uh, odd people join in, and it was just a really great celebration of beer. Um, we had some well, you, great you, beers. You've just you... made a, a liar of me, Pete, because Virtual Ale Stars sounds like it was a winner. So tell us about well, it. Well, because it's once it, we've done it twice. Okay. So and it's it's the third Tuesday of each month. But even so, so it it's a ahead. virtual. Yeah. It, it's a live event that's gone virtual, and you reckon it it, it works? So I'm quite. It actually happy worked to... because it was it was worth looking forward to because it was uh, I know it, you know there was anticipation because uh, this is only going to come up this one time. During the month, but yeah, we had one of the trivia questions was what's the minimum alcohol content um, to for hand sanitizer, and this is where I think a, a few people have um, have fallen short of, of having being able to use their hand sanitizer in um, commercial or um, you know, uh, medical situations. So sixty percent. Oh, is it sixty percent? Ah, sixty percent. Yeah, I thought it was eighty percent. So shout out to the guys in the tap house uh, for organising it. It was an absolute cracker. And just one quick one before we go on. I don't want to see any more sourdough, all right? I've seen enough sourdough. In social media feed. And secondly, I'm going to shout out to both Luke Robertson and Paul Mercurio. If I see somebody else cutting their loaf down halfway, <laughs> down the down the lengthways, I, I, I will find you and I will kill you. So that's up there with shower beers then? It is. Okay. It is. That's, that's not how you cut sourdough. <laughs> anyway, uh, Matt, breweries in tourist hotspots face a slow return to hashtag normal. While much of the industry has met the news of easing restrictions with relief, breweries in tourist hotspots like hotspots like Cairns in far north Queensland are a little less optimistic. Good friend of the program, Craig Parcell, chairman and co-founder of Hemingways, which has been using Cairns and Port Douglas, said that the one-size-fits-all approach that the government is taking to easing of restrictions might not work for the brewery or others like it. I've spoken to both Tony and Craig um, over the last week, and you know it, it's really interesting to hear their perspective. And the, the one-size-fits-all you sort of think, well, you know, that, that, that's business and, you know, you've got to do it. But then when you hear about, I, I think they're a 2,000-square-metre venue, they just can't open with 10 people. But there are a whole lot of bars that if you've got 10 people in, you've got less space per person than having 100 people in their venue would have. Exactly. And the reality is if they wanted to be, you know, shifty about it, they could divide their venue into five different venues. Um, I don't they? know that they Because they could virtually say, well, this is our front bar, this is our brewery bar, this is our outdoor deck bar area, and have 10 in each of those. They they uh, absolutely could. Um, but, you know... They it, wouldn't, because that's not the sort of people they are. But it does it does highlight that, yeah, um, a, a staged opening needs to be a little bit more flexible, I think. Uh, and because the other thing too, Matt, I think a lot of people now are realising if you, if you don't want to take the risk, you can still stay home. But you if, you, if you decide, I'm going to get on a bus, I'm going to get on a train, I'm going to go to a pub, um, then you take that risk. Just hold that thought for one second, Pete. Because Claire's just turned up? She has. It, it was a great story. 
I, I, I don't think that people can just, you know, governments have a lot of decisions to make before before they do this, but when you've got such a big venue, it, it does seem to be a little bit silly that they are the same 10 people that, that, that other people do, but I'm sure that there are reasons for it, um, in, at least in the government's mind. But speaking to both Craig and Tony, you know, you've, you've got Cairns, which um, tends to be a tourism hotspot. You know, you've, you've got a lot of people coming in from overseas, a lot of people coming in from interstate. And the other thing is that whereas most of uh, Australia, um, you know, it's almost out of beer season as winter rolls around, um, Cairns is this is their season so this this is when everyone goes up there because the the, the wet has finished the humidity's down so opening now would still give them a chance at, at, at a good season and they're not going to get that the, the borders are closed as we talked about in the intro uh you, you're not going presumably your international tourism is going to be international restricted. tourism yeah. they're right next they the, the brewery is quite literally built on a tourist ship dock so the, the tourist ships aren't yeah, going like to go on. Like the cruise ships and stuff. Cru- Ooh, yeah, cruise ships. They won't be back um, for a while, will they? And, and, and Matt, your voice has gone all funny there. <laughs> <laughs> so I just realised we haven't introduced Claire. Oh, we haven't Welcome introduced Claire, Claire, no. Hi, guys. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks for having Glad me back. Glad you join us eventually. <laughs> well, we were just oh, sort of saying... Oh, you. End of lockdown, we, we're, we're back together. Yes. It's been strange, actually. Very weird. Yeah. Um, just I remember, we're all in the... this together. <laughs> I forgot what other people's voices are like, to be honest. <laughs> That's probably not a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need uh, to ease back into that. Yeah. But, Claire, what about this story interests you? Because I know that you were sort of saying how it was a much longer story than you'd expected when you mm. first started speaking to them. Well, I think it's just because it's so multifaceted and I don't think you think about these things when you think, oh, oh, look, we can reopen. Let's everybody just open. We're all fine. We can mm. keep cracking. You don't think about the size of the venue. Are you a tiny little bar? Are you a massive, like, like Bodrigree's like 600 people. That That's a massive venue. Other sides, Frio, social is the same about the same size imagine fitting 10 people in there they're not going to bother opening and they're a live music venue as well exactly exactly um so i mean that's a really interesting thing and like as craig says you know one size doesn't fit all but how do you like means test an opening like i guess as you said matt earlier from the government perspective how on earth are they going to determine who can open who can't and I'm sure, you know, because it's all about social distancing and all of that. And whilst you can have, you can social distance, having that concentration of people coming together, I, I, you know, I, I don't understand it. But this is one of those things that I'm sure that the government is taking expert advice. Different governments are having different risk thresholds. Um, and, you know, you just need to trust them because there is a lot of pressure financially on governments to reopen as well because of the tax revenue the you know all of the revenue that they are spending to prop businesses up as best they can but then also the the income that they're down by having businesses closed so you know governments have a lot of pressure as well do you think that's why they're not keen on um getting rid of excise like, they're just deferring it at the minute, aren't they? Do you think that's one of the taxes they're like, we get a lot of money from this, so... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, particularly with gaming revenue down because people aren't spending. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't changed the way that excise is collected. You know, mm-hmm. that they haven't delayed it because at the moment, you know, breweries are shelling out money for excise well before they ever get it back from retail. Mm-hmm. Um Especially now, there'll be way longer lag times on that than a normal day, a normal week. Yeah. 
it will be interesting to see. But the, the one thing out of uh, speaking to the Hemingways guys was, you know, for all of that, and they are really hard hit, um, you know, you know, not just the way that all venues are, but then being in a tourism uh, destination that is so reliant on, you know, distant travel. It was really interesting to, to hear Tony say, but at the same time, you know, they have been racing since they first opened. Um, I, I think Hemingway's in Cairns is now two years old and Hemingway's in Port Douglas is three, three and a half years old. And as he said, you know, they've just been so busy working on their business since they opened that it is such an unusual opportunity they've been given to put pause on the business and stand back and look at their business because and almost be forced to stand back and look at their business and you know reappraise how their business is running and I've heard similar themes from a whole lot of different breweries that this has given them some opportunity to to, to look at their business in a way that they wouldn't when you are just deeply immersed in the, the carrying on of a business and I thought that was a really in, in interesting perspective you know for a business that's being hit so hard. Well, as we discussed last week, Matt, I think one of the big things is going to be um, maybe we look more closely at the way we do our packaged offerings. And secondly, how good is it having people pay for it, up, up, in some cases, up front? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, loads of people have said that to us, haven't they? That, that getting that money in immediately has been a major change and they didn't realise how nice that was. <laughs> yeah, so I wonder I wonder how many sort of, you know, law of unexpected consequences that yeah. people have had, breweries have had to uh, pivot, they've had to do certain things differently. Have they sort of gone, okay, this is just for now, or have they decided, actually, we might take a bit of what we've had to do, what we've been forced to do, and bring that into our business uh, when we when we open, you know, for real. Yeah, and also exactly. having that evidence in, why am I chasing taps when it takes me, you know, two or three sales calls to get two or three kegs sold? And then I'm not getting paid for 60 days because they want to sell the keg before they pay me. Um, you know, But that, that's really going to be down to the, the Joe Public. Does the consumer, is he absolutely gagging at the bit to, um, you know, to, to rush back to the pub? Or is everyone going, hey, do you know what, I don't mind getting this mixed 12-pack or, you know, the, the mixed brewery pack uh, sitting back. Uh, I can't go to sport, but sport is back on. You know what? Friday night, Thursday night, Sunday afternoon, I might just make that, get the boys around uh, and the girls and you know, have a few tins watching rugby league or, or the AFL. Let's put a bit uh, in that might, one and we'll might be interesting and visit see. that in 12 months we and shall, see. We shall, shall we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quote me now. I, I reckon I don't think people are going to be frothing at the bung to race back to the, the I'm pub. I'm not sure, you know. I don't know. Maybe it's just... Everyone on my newsfeed's like, yeah, can't wait to get back to the pub. But you're young, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Only slightly youthful. <laughs> no, 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 I meant that, you know, like you're, you know, I'm, I'm, it, it's one of those things that, yeah, like it, it, if you're used to going out, you're probably really missing that. But once you've sort of have had kids and you've had that more sedentary home-based lifestyle, it's not such an attraction. And, mm-hmm. that, and that's where... Pete and I, that's why we've got you on to give the. Uh, the we like the fact that we the, 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 the voice of a new generation. Young people, and we're going to tell you to turn the music down, and that's not music, it's electronic noise. Anyway, um, but also, now we're getting into our next story about ABAC and packaging and that sort of Ooh, thing. Um, brewers, if you're still applying self adhesive labels to your bottles and cans and believe that this is a sustainable solution for your packaging needs, you may want to call Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and discuss your options with them. The team at Rellings 
we'll walk you through the various options available to you, more sustainable than applying self-adhesive labels, which don't help the environment at all. Whilst they do produce self-adhesive labels for many breweries, which don't help the environment at all, there is a much better way to ensure that your carbon footprint is lower than what you're currently doing by utilising pre-sleeved cans. Claire, off the top of your head, do you know the number for Rellings? I can't remember it. Oh, my God. Don't <laughs> test me like this. No. Hey, <laughs> I haven't even had a and cup of tea yet. Uh, instalment of throwing Claire under the bus. That's one three hundred eight five two two three five for Rellings label stickers and packaging, which brings us neatly into Pirate Life's probiotic complaint was dismissed by ABAC. It wasn't necessarily a labelling uh, complaint, but just quickly, social media, uh, the craft brewery Pirate Life, owned by Carlton United Breweries, has been the first to face ABAC after nearly two months without a mention. They broke the duck, so now we have to, you know, like in the Simpsons on the, you know, the nuclear power plant. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have to say. Zero days without a... Yeah, like that zero days without incident. <laughs> but now we're back to zero. Yeah, we're back to they zero. reset the clock. Classic. Uh, the complaint related to Pirate Life's kiwi fruit and cherry fruit sour well, product. Pete, I'm just, just on that, I'm still yeah. going to say that we're still at zero because complaints don't make accidents. Because it you know, was dismissed. It doesn't that, count. It, it was dismissed. It doesn't count. So yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and let's face I it. Think, Matt, it yeah, so you, you obviously haven't ever had to do a uh, you know a job safety audit or a, you know <laughs> well, a, a near miss. You have to have a, a near miss oh, um, register. Well, but is this a near miss? Like that, that's the thing when you've got people that are willing to just complain about everything because mm-hmm. they're just trying you know they're actually advocating a cause and and they're testing you know boundaries and things like that is that a near miss um if they're going to complain about everything um without sort of even putting a filter on to make sure well you know this is a reasonable complaint mm-hmm. um yeah I'm, I'm still willing particularly when you look at no, this complaint no, we're, we're still at two months. Uh, the complaint <laughs> related to Pirate Life's Kiwi Fruit and Cherry Fruit Sour product page on its website. The complainant objected to the alleged health claims in the product copy, including the use of the word probiotic as a description of lactobacillus, followed by the brewer saying it's good for the gut. Well, sort of. <laughs> Cheeky. Yeah. Well, I, I think if, um, what's it called? Your cult, if they can put... Lactobacillus and the word probiotic and is good for you on theirs. Yeah, except your cult doesn't have alcohol in, and that's the thing, you know, like you because nitpicking. We've seen this with um, and and it's it's a really interesting technique. Um, you know, like the wine industry, no one can argue you 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 can't argue that drinking alcohol is good for you, but yet you see all of these alcohol industry studies, particularly wine industry, that red wine is filled with um. Antioxidants. Antioxidants. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of yeah. Restrevol or you know, Restrevol, whatever. Yeah, I don't have Give it in front of me. Um, Professor Charlie Bamforth, we need you. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, on one hand, that is apparently something that is good for you. But the volume that it's in the red wine, you would have to drink so much wine that you would give yourself, you know, cirrhosis it was something of the like liver in litres. a week. It was, um, yeah, Charlie Bamforth points that out um, and has done on this on this show in the past. Yeah. And, and I think it's the same thing with, other, like, other, like, kombucha. They love talking about how amazing kombucha is for the health, and obviously they do alcoholic ones now. So at the same time, like, uh, it's it's a really tricky line to walk, but you shouldn't. But we, like, says no. we got a media release this week um, for a hard seltzer. that The media release mm. um, talked about how, because the alcoholic seltzers are low alcohol, so they're, they're, they've got... Alcohol, generally around about 5%, mm-hmm. but low sugar um, and, 
you know, yeah. neutral spirit. So nothing added yeah, to yeah. them. So saying just, it without saying yeah, it. Yeah, water. Yeah. And it, but, but, well, this media release that goes to the media and not the public actually said, you know, so for people that are wanting a healthy lifestyle, this is the drink for their, you know, for health conscious people. Now, that is a claim that if it appeared in your advertising, would absolutely... Or on your label. uh, Or on your label, would absolutely get slapped down. Mm -hmm. But what they're... It's not even a dog whistle call to the media. They're saying, this is how you should report this. And the media being idiots, um, you know, love making a health claim um, yeah, uh, yeah, about idiots. alcohol. Well, um, and so, so I jumped on their website and none of the words that were in this media release were on the website because I thought, oh, God, they're, they're just waving a red flag. You know, these people are going to be slapped down by ABAC. But nowhere on their website does it make the same claims. It's got yeah. the same celebrity and the same marketing around it, but it doesn't make the health claim. So what they're doing is urging the media to make a health claim for them mm-hmm. because well, we've, we've seen yeah. complaints to ABAC where they're still saying, well, we didn't make the health claim. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's going to be a, a new frontier for, for ABAC. But also um, when, when you look at FAIR, you know, you know, their hysterical claims, they see this sort of behaviour quite rightly as being a cynical ploy on behalf of Big Beer to do it. Um, and when they know what's going on in the background, they are trying to, you know, legislate that agenda in in, in, in the public and, and prevent those claims. And you know, it it it. it I've spoken about the you know the twenty eight page definition of a biscuit on the on the podcast before, because if people are always going to skirt the spirit and the intent of the law, then you need to keep legislating differently and yeah so anyway so just bringing it back to this one I think it was a frivolous complaint but it comes through the lens of the professional complainants seeing the sort of dog whistling that does go on Um, so you know I'm I'm really pleased to see that ABAC did work um, and that they dismissed the complaint but I can also understand why this complaint was made yeah well that's why I put the um Later down in the article, uh, there's a discussion of a previous complaint made about a craft distillery called Impression Gin, I think. Um, and they basically made blatant health claims. They were saying it was like good for the skin and had all vitamin C and all the all this shit in it about gin. <laughs> You're supposed to bath in it. And, yeah. <laughs> and, I was, and the contrast between... Um, so ABAC actually upheld that complaint and said, mm. you need to get rid of this because yep. this is total bs um they barely even meant they were just like we're not even going to discuss our like thinking behind this this is so obvious Mm. they just said breach 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 um and i think the the contrast between that and what pirate life did was the humor was the tongue-in-cheek and that's they did point out like obviously humor can't cover everything like don't start making claims about it being healthy under the guise of it being funny um but at the same time that's what saved pirate life which i thought was quite interesting that was the main difference but the, actually the other thing that the, the point they are the most complained about um <gasps> I know. brewery which i went back through 12 months and counted them all to be like this can't be right this is loads although uh, to, to hey, be if fair, you're going to start doing daniel ridd's job we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> me and daniel went together letters. on this <laughs> um to, to be fair to pirate life a lot of those complaints you know dated back five six years to the early days um of pirate life mm-hmm. Um, and but it also shows that so far as the anti-alcohol lobby or sorry anonymous complainants go, <laughs> they have a big target on their back. Um, and 
you know, it's something other breweries probably want to bear in mind if you are looking at skirting the rules, that if you come to their attention, they are going to focus on you. Mm-hmm. And I, can't I love the way you just dropped in, you know, to be fair to Pirate Live. Speaking of fair, <laughs> <laughs> what does fair stand for again? Well, <laughs> yes, we, 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 we did um, <laughs> ask about that. Uh, there was a bit of a discussion and uh, there, were some, there were some great suggestions, but one that was... Uh, on, the, on, the, on the day that we're recording this, it's the uh, virtual isol- isolation edition of the Australian International Beer Awards and the winner for <laughs> best name. Look, it, it was, I don't know that Anthony DeFanti, who was the correspondent um, who, who popped this into the Facebook group, I don't know that he's written before or anything like that, but he just sort of popped up in the no, Facebook feed and said I, that I, I, fair. I reckon he sent us some stuff in before or, oh, or, has or he, okay. left some comments. May, okay, um, but found anecdote research ends, um, which is... <laughs> Given There's what we were talking about last week, mm-hmm. which was one researcher in a highly oh, skewed um, study. Um, if I'd taken that to you. Well, it wasn't even one researcher. There were probably a dozen researchers because they're all getting paid by Capra and Fair. <laughs> but it was one. It was it was one subject. Yeah, um, and so that and yeah, so we, we've sent oh. Anthony a, a mixed six pack of beer, and also uh, <laughs> we, we've also dug into the prize cupboard. For, for a T-shirt or something like that. So uh, congratulations, yes. But uh, found out anecdote research ends is forevermore um, <laughs> what FAIR stands for because it's certainly not uh, about research um, uh, or, you know... Education. Education. Mm. That's it. Uh, we might even see if we can get that um, uh, added onto the logo for uh, <laughs> independent beer. And a, uh, uh, a shout-out to to, um, to Aaron, Aaron Gladke. Uh, I must return uh, his email. It's on my list of, of things to do, uh, just sorting out uh, bits and pieces about the, the brew that we're going to do. Now, speaking of brewing and fermentation, in good news, in good fermentation news, jacaranda yeast is served up in Newstead's latest brew. Researchers at the University of Queensland have created a uniquely Brisbane beer, isolating a single strain of wild yeast from a jacaranda tree, um, which has been used by Newstead Brewing Co. to brew a beer. Because it involves PhD candidates and doctors and professors and all sorts of shit. Yes, some of it was a little bit above my pay grade, uh, talking to uh, <laughs> postgrads. Uh, but no, it was really, it was so Actually, on that note, Pete, note that there was a quote left in that the start of the answer was, oh, good question. Um, sorry, sorry. It was a moment of pride for me. <laughs> Um, but no, it was really interesting. Um, so what uh, Ed and Dr. Ben Schultz are doing is uh, identifying a single strain. So when you do obviously do a spontaneous fermentation, you get all this, these microbes <laughs> mm. uh, and yeast and all that type of stuff in. And it could be an absolute motley crew collection of stuff. Um, and you don't necessarily know what it is um, and you don't, can't necessarily repeat it. Um, so what they've done is they've identified this one single strain. Um, but the interesting thing I asked him was like, when does a wild yeast become a like a normal domesticated yeast? Yeah, and uh, he was just like, honestly, it's it's a hard question, and that was what he said. It was a good question um, because basically he was saying that they go back to the original uh, strain every single time. So if they do an experiment and it messes up, they go back to the original. They don't just try and attempt to use that yeast and have it evolve. And that's obviously what domesticated yeast um, has done over centuries basically um just yeah. evolve depending on what the brewer wanted and um die off if they're not useful and um just grow those characteristics that they want out of it and i think that 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 echoes a, a situation or a problem that uh the guys at malt shovel brewery found when they were doing their shipwreck ale 
which was that they found that after the third or fourth iteration, it would mutate in a different way. So they'd need to go back to the original and, or I think with one of them, the second iteration of the shipwreck ale, they actually used a, a different part of, you know, a, a transmogrified version of the, of the yeast. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating area. Yeah, it's really cool. And it, was, it all sort of feeds into lots of stuff we were talking about before all the COVID-19 crisis about, you know, making a local beer, making a local style, trying to get everything as locally sourced as possible. Um, and this would be really cool. And we've already had people on like the Instagram account saying, oh, where can I even get this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, guys, not out till 2021. Because it's, it's research. Oh. But yeah, and again, it, it, it's one of those really good stories, as you said, Pete, quite apart from anything about this um, and, and about the yeast and whether it's, um, you know, even if the yeast isn't um, something that becomes commonly uh, you know, used in the, 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 the brewing industry, that's to some extent not the point because it's uh, a small craft brewery being heavily involved in university research that is furthering our broader understanding of yeast, and, and you know, so it's it's it's, it's almost uh, research for research's sake, and it, it's just really cool that the the, the brewing industry is uh, contributing but to we that. We should point out proper research. Proper research, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. <Are> you listening <laughs> fair. Yeah, I don't even want to think how many times Ed has found yeast like research continues. <laughs> Anyway, listen, we've got to keep moving. Um, in another good news, good news story, BrewCon 2020 has been rescheduled and rehomed. So despite restrictions being eased in stages across the country, the Independent Brewers Association says it's too risky to hold BrewCon this year in September. So the event is being moved to November, the 9th to the 12th, which is the same time as Brew Beviale in Nuremberg. Um, Matt, you went la there last year. But I the IABA, IABA acknowledged uh, with international travel restrictions not likely to lift in the in the, in the the foreseeable future. Um, travel, I, I don't think that's going to be a, a, a clash sort of issue. Again, talking about, you know, keeping things local. In an email to members, the IBA said it would also be moving the event to the Sunshine Coast Convention Centre. Mm, Matt, cool. are you familiar, familiar with... I, can't picture where I've, I've no, I've seen signs to the Sunshine Coast Convention Centre, but I can't picture it. I don't think I've been there. This is just such a, a, a great idea that you know. Again, it, it's something that COVID notwithstanding, um, I, I'd actually had um, conversations last year with contacts of mine up at the Sunshine Coast, um, you know, visit Sunshine Coast uh, region. Um, and they said, look, how can we get, um, you know, something like BrewCon up here? And I put them in touch with the then, um, or I had a conversation with the then um, GM of uh, the IBA, and I, I think they were fixed um, at that stage. And I don't think that conversation has anything to do with this decision. But it just made so much sense to, to do it because the Sunshine Coast has a great regional brewing network anyway that can be showcased it's supporting it's the iba supporting a regional event the regions are really keen to get this sort of trade show um and i mean i, I would imagine that the regional venues are going to be a little bit less expensive than the big city venues um are but also in terms of getting brewers wanting to go there getting people to a tourism destination and it's a tax deduction, you know. So um, <laughs> it'll be beautiful. They, so they get to have those. a beach holiday to some extent, um, and there, there's just so much win-win um, uh, about this. It's just a, a great well, idea. Well, just the fact that it's 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 a you know we have the confidence to say, yep, it's on. I think is that's that's a great step oh, look, forward. Yeah. The, the, the fact Absolutely. that Brucon is on, yeah. So all of that is taken for granted. But um, in terms of getting to showcase and support a you know a, like a, a really strong brewing region. 
that isn't on the main, you know, metropolitan agenda. Um, I just think it's just so many wins, and hopefully it does attract a lot of brewers to 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 go because they get to go to the beach and you know. Let's face it, Brisbane's a bit of a gateway city. Um, mm. It's not a place you go to go, awesome, I'm off to Brisbane. Yeah, um, I'm going to spend a week just in Brisbane. I love Absolutely Brisbane. I live it. here. I've lived here all my life and I love it, but I don't know that I would come here for a holiday. Um, and in late breaking news, uh, Josh Donahue is uh, after a fleet of minibuses, if anyone can help him out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh is so excited and he's looking at ways that he can really activate um, you know, who's a he must be as happy as a monkey in a monkey tree just at the minute, yeah. I would I really, imagine. I really like this as well. Imagine if we were like the aviation industry having Brewcon in like Hamilton Island or in the West Sundays. <laughs> well, Come it, on, it, everyone. Let's vote for this. But in Cairns, for example. Yeah. You know, oh, um, beautiful. It, Cairns in winter. You know, I, I remember um, having a chat, God, going back, it'd be 13 or 14 years ago that before there were good beer weeks and things like that, I'd organised a thing called International Brewers Day, which was the, the start of an idea for a um, beer festival. And we did it, it was an American beer writer called Jay Brooks who suggested it. Um, and it was to coincide with the birth of St. Arnold, yes. So it was, it, oh, it, it, was it was his birthday. So I think it was July the 15th was... Uh, and that, because he was a patron saint of brewers, um, Jay Brooks suggested that we have this day and he sort of made the motto, have you hugged a brewer today, which was a sticker that was on a San Francisco brew house. And so we started doing this. That was clearly pre-COVID. <laughs> it was pre-COVID. You couldn't do it, get away with that now. And so I just, great idea, did it for Brisbane, but it was the middle of July and, you know, Middle of July days in Brisbane are likely to be 22, 23 degrees. Ooh, and chilly. Ben Krause came up for the first one. Um, and to drive to the Albury uh, Airport, he had to scrape ice off his um, <laughs> car's windscreen. And he was just going, look at this. You will get me back every July if this is a Brisbane <laughs> winter. Um, and so if you're taking people from Melbourne in July, have, uh, you know, Brucon in Cairns, um, and you could almost have the whole thing at um, Hemingway's because it's, it's so big. They've got a convention centre up there, and you would get brewers from all of the cold parts of... Yeah, bring uh, in the families. Bring in the families, yeah. and, and it's great for tourism. So, yes, I, look, I'm really excited uh, about Brucon 2020 on the Sunshine Coast. Almost as excited as Ben Krause was to do it, go to all that effort just to get a hug. Um, <laughs> time for the mailbag. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or send us an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. You can also join our Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password soapbox. And all of our uh, letter writers, commenters and all that sort of thing that we deem worthy will receive a uh, Brews News bottle opener or something like that and go into the draw to win a mix six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who I hope are... doing particularly well just at the moment, particularly now that um, I'm assuming they've got a, a few more product lines with all of these um, quarantinis. I know I keep using that one, which is the, the Carwin Sellers initiative, but all these other different um, get-together packs. Um, I hope you can tell uh, uh, being able to service our listeners in particular, and we do thank them for their support. Uh, that's an interesting one because I, I, know, I know that, for example, the Adelaide Brewers, uh, that looked like a really good pack that I would love to have uh, to have got, but obviously I don't want to, you know, um, take away from the local audience. But also, you know, th- th- having that beer travel. But I guess if Beer Cartel had them, that would that might make things a little bit easier. 
we'll see how they go. Mm. Um, Matt, we did get a response to uh, a good chat that we had last week about tap contracts, and we had a lengthy reply. Yeah, well, so, so this was actually posted as a comment. Like, this is old school. This is a comment on the end of the article, which is, uh, yeah, so it wasn't even an, an email. But uh, it, it raised the question, was it a good chat that we had? Well, you had it. <laughs> Oh no, no, but well, but so so you. you I was. Uh, are we both trying to avoid having to read a four-page? Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. I'll do it if you want. Right. So, summarize it, Claire. You're good at doing here that. Here we go. You're a Stephen Blaine. Email from Stephen Blaine. He Who's says, from 100 Proof? He has been in the beer industry for 20 years and been involved in both sides of the agreements, as in tap contract agreements, um, as Lion Sales exec and a hotel owner. Um, in the example discussed on the show, the group signed tap contracts with the various beer suppliers, and due to requirements for upfront funds to finance all that. To finance uh, the hotel purchase. In this instance, all of the benefit of the agreement flows to the owners and not into reducing the cost of the beer or increasing the hotel's gross profit. On the surface, this would seemingly force the hotel to set tap beer prices higher than they otherwise would to make a sustainable margin. In reality, however, the price of tap beer for a particular hotel is determined by a whole host of factors in addition to the cost of uh, kegs. Tap beer prices in competing venues being one that generally places a, a price ceiling. Hotel owner is still free to choose how they receive the benefit of a tap contract, which can, which can take the form of upfront cash, beer system equipment supply and installation, volume rebates, or off-invoice discounts. So he's basically saying that it's not just a big lump sum that they get, that they can spend it however they They want. can take it a whole lot of different ways. These guys took cash up front. Yeah. Um, some venues uh, get the taps installed. Um, you know, just some get a... a, a Tap rebate. There's always marketing funds that are attributed. Um, and calling yeah, Mazen Hajar. Calling Mazen Hajar. Mazen <laughs> Hajar to the lobby, please. Um, but yeah, because he he will always point out you don't go and open a restaurant if you haven't if you can't afford to put ovens in. But they do. They. Yeah. Where do you think the coffee machine comes from? So you know that, that's a very self-serving comment that Mazen always makes, and it actually isn't strictly true in the um, context. If you speak to a lot of uh, restaurateurs, they absolutely do. Um, commercial yep. deals to get no, there. No, 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 true. Oh, can you just talk amongst yourselves? I've just got a phone call. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if this was live, actually, no, Muzzin is too busy sending other people beer, um, <laughs> but not this podcast. Uh, um, but anyway, um, Steve's uh, Stephen's final comment is, my advice to customers is they should look very hard prior to entering into a TAP contract that involves upfront investment as they're giving up flexibility and potentially tap beer margin in return for the cash. And he makes a really good point. And, th- and that's one of the arguments uh, about it. Um, and, I guess and it's the strongest argument against tap contracts from, from most people who have had a crack at them and those who are vehemently against them is that it restricts your flexibility. It restricts your um, independence. Yeah. And that's the point, isn't it? That you just can't get anybody else in and therefore that is basically anti-competitive. According to the pub yeah. test, but but I think too, and, and without wishing to summarise it or you know milk it down too much, is that people see dollar signs and then get blinded to the fact that, like Matt says, in in a lot of cases you you're not getting anything back. You're getting something that you've already paid for by paying overs for the keg in the first place. Particularly when the contract, you know, and and having seen these contracts now, it you know imposes what beers you have to sell, what beers you can't sell. Function revenue, for example, you have to serve our beers at functions um, was was one of the um, contract terms. And yes, you get an upfront payment, but you're also committing your venue to to having no flexibility, not serving your customers. And, you know, was it any surprise that this venue um, went broke well before the, these contracts even ended? So 
Awesome um, to hear from Steve about this, and uh, he raises you know, really valid points. Um, and you know, the, the the thing about contracts is that they do limit choice, and that's also why you know when you you hear someone like Muzzin railing against them um, and saying you know they should be outlawed, you could outlaw them tomorrow, and they still wouldn't go anywhere. Or, you know, the the, the equivalent arrangement. Yeah, just force them underground. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, now we're going to finish up with a couple of five star. Apple Podcast Reviews, Matt. Still raising the bar. That's a nice one. And that's by Tales81 via Apple Podcast, United States of America. Beautiful. Yeah. The conversation and news coverage demonstrates quality journalism applied to a specific niche. The podcast explores the nature of the craft beer industry without indulging in tasting notes on individual beers and entertaining deep, well, sometimes, <laughs> conversation, well, sometimes. which I look forward to every week. Thanks for that, Tales. <laughs> nice one. And, and from the US. So that's it's great that we're, uh, we're getting that reach. Uh, I, you would have to assume an expat. I, 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 abroad? I would hope so because, yes. Yeah, very niche well, interests. Like you say, and I, the thing I love about that is that, um, you know, without indulging in tasting notes on individual beers, because as we've said, that's just such a subjective topic that, you know, what tastes good to me, you know, Claire might think, no, that's a, uh, you know, oh, she, no, sorry, she'd still tip it down her neck, don't judge me. You know I would. <laughs> yeah, back to the, the White Claw incident of 2019. <laughs> Uh, another one here from Lethal Razorback via Apple Podcasts. If you like beer, then you'll like the podcast. There you go. I like that. Short but sweet. Exactly. Uh, and from Lee of Brisbane, they know their stuff and the reviews are very interesting and informative. Having just said we don't do reviews. Yeah, what what reviews? Well, we, we do. What reviews like, are interesting and informative. The I think reviews of the stories, maybe? Yeah, we don't do. Yes, reviews of the news. Yeah, reviews of the – thanks, Pete. Yes, yeah, let's pretend it's that. No, um, no, <laughs> that's, uh, it is that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so hey, Claire, I, thank you very much for, for joining us today. No Starting worries. very early as well, because it's, it's only eight o'clock here and, you know, she's had to come a long way to, to join us. Yes, thank you. Matt texted and me at 10 to being and, like, and, we're going to start earlier. Like, and it's probably only 22 degrees or something, so you've had to, you know. Oh, it's chilly today, you know. Put on a, put on a southwester. It's about probably like 16, 18 today, they say. 16 oh, okay. in Noosa on the weekend. What's that about? That's effective, you guys boasting about your double figures, you know, <laughs> temperature. Why, what are you on at the minute, Pete? It's, um, I, I'm reminded of, um, yeah, a couple of, of sketches, I think, from the two Ronnies, but oh, somebody did one that was like a rip-off of the two Ronnies. And, um, you know, and in listening down. Most of our <laughs> listeners wouldn't even know what two, the two Ronnies are. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it's pissing down. Uh, <laughs> That'll do it's about eight degrees and uh, it's been raining all night. Oh, that sounds horrible. But Ooh, we, we love it rain. because it makes like the summer so like much to look forward to. We thank, uh, as well as thanking Claire for joining us and keeping us on track, uh, we thank Cry Malt. We thank Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging and the good friends at Beer Cartel. Um, so if, you, if you're still in isolation, uh, have a chat to Beer Cartel. I did see too um, a lovely little uh, piece that, that uh, Cry Malt put out um, into it, it, the, the virtual sharing of a beer. It was good. It was Did you good. Catch that? All that, you know, I, I have to say that I, I saw it and, and go look at our feed because we shared it or go see the Cry Malt feed. But it was one of those ones where they have a beer, say a message, and then pass the beer off screen and then the next person, you, you sort of see the next person pick it up. Um, and, and I have to say that in the current social isolation world, when you saw somebody take a sip out of the beer and then pass it to the next person and then take a sip out of the beer, <laughs> I'm thinking, ooh, I don't know. Even, ooh, even though the glass was, obvious, it was so obviously a different glass. Um, 
No, it was, it, yeah, it was a nice virtual way of doing it. It was a lovely message. Hey, Matt, have a good week. Thank, Thank you very you, much Pete. for joining us again. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much again, Claire. Thanks, Pete. What's, uh, what's breaking news this week? What, what, are you, what are you chasing down a rabbit hole this week? Oh, lots of stuff. I'm not allowed to talk about some of them, though. <gasps> oh. Might not ha- it might not ha- come to anything as well, so obviously don't want to dangle that. <laughs> and then you remind me in a month, and then I'll be like, oh, shit, yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. Um, and listen, now, before we forget, tonight, so if uh, as we're recording this, which is uh, the 21th or the 22th, what is it? Uh, 21st of May. So it would have been the 20, uh, 28th, maybe, uh, Australian International Beer Awards presentation dinner. Uh, you probably won't get to listen to this in time, but tonight at 8 or 8.30, eight. Um, I think it's 8 o'clock, the AIBA's 2020 Isolation Edition, hosted by Miro Bellini and Kiralee Waldhorn. Uh, they will be announcing. So the, the, the votes are in. The Now, I don't know who got I, – I, I assume it's um, judges and media uh, got to vote on – so basically since 2012, so the last – 10 years of or eight, whatever, 18 years? No, it wasn't that long, was it? But anyway, the best of the best. So the, the, they've, they've selected champion breweries, champion beers in, a, in, in each of the different categories and a beer personality. And the votes are in and they will be announced tonight. So you'll be able to catch up, uh, check out the YouTube channel for a, a replay, but I'm sure we'll probably post the results as well. We absolutely will. There we go. All right, guys, get out there and enjoy that beautiful uh, what is it? Still autumn, isn't it? It's almost winter. Winter's, winter is coming, apparently. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> is What's it? That? No, it keeps popping it up on the Facebook feed. It was about 17 years ago, Pete. <laughs> yeah, get with the time. Awesome coat. <laughs> winter is coming. <laughs> no, seriously, what is it? Is it a thing? Yeah, it it's is. from Game of Thrones. Oh, okay, that yeah. explains it. <laughs> I thought you were messing with me then, Pete. No, I'm one of the ones who hasn't seen a minute of it. No, I didn't. I didn't. Know. I'm looking for the day that Pete watches Game of Thrones in the shower with a beer. Oh, beautiful! That'll be a, That'll be a cold day in heck. <laughs> a cold day in Winterfell. I think you're looking for Pete. Winterfell, actually. Winterfell. Thank you. Sorry, I'm, I love a bit. Oh, I no, love a bit. Fancy. I'm a big nerd. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much to you, listeners, for making all this possible. Hope um, you can sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel, and that it is not a train coming the other way, and that isolation will soon be a thing of the past for you. And uh, you get out there and enjoy everything that you've missed. Uh, Take care, and we'll see you all again next week. And we're out. Boom. Oh, Pete, that was terrible. I know. Boom. You ruined it. You ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) Pete and the magic. (laughs) Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. 